Have you ever considered what makes a brand successful? How one brand supersedes another in the hospitality landscape? Well, it's never a coincidence. It's always a product of well-thought-out branding strategy that captures the essence of your story. That's why Principal Design is making brands happen in cafes, restaurants, bars, and venues by crafting experiences that gives customers a reason to choose you. They are raising the standard of our industry and helping venues realize that strong brand presence is the key that unlocks all the good stuff like increased full traffic, higher engagement, and overall happy customers. Branding ultimately becomes the face that engages your audience, delights them at every moment of their dining experience, and eventually earns their loyalty. Because you're part of the Poe community, we'd love to help you kickstart your brand journey. For a limited time only, Principal Design is offering free strategy sessions for our listeners. So jump over to the bio in the podcast description and book your time slot. Welcome to another Principal of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for the hospitality industry. Now with today's show, with the industry now in a better place, it's essential to focus on training and find ways to upskill your staff quickly. An Artist Academy is a comprehensive online training and learning platform teaching hospitality staff the skills employers hire for. With employees get access to lessons and videos covering spirits, wine, beer, cocktail service, and many, many more. Our next guest is also the founder of Speakeasy Group, which incorporates seven bars and restaurants in Melbourne and Sydney. With all that said, it's great to welcome on the podcast today, Sven Almenning from the Speakeasy Group and Ananas Academy. Hey, Sven, how are you? Amazing. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. Amazing to have you on. And I know we've talked about this and you've been on the podcast since last year. So I'm excited to finally have you on. I've been really, really excited for this chat, especially with all your experience in the hospitality industry, my friend. So let's start out with how you did start out in the hospitality industry and then how an artist academy really started as well. I mean, I started out in hospitality initially as a um, uh, something I did when I traveled. So I, d- I did a, a couple of trips where I, I did a lot of international traveling and, and bartending and waiting and and uh, um, just working in hospitality was the easy way to get around the world. Um, and after I moved to Australia and I, I worked here for a while, I, I decided I, I wanted to stay. Um, and in order to do so, I, I needed to get a um, skilled residence visa. The powers that be determined that I needed to to then manage bars and restaurants if I wanted to stay in Australia. So my, my hand was a little bit forced by initially as in terms of the, the the stickiness of the industry. But you know, I must admit, you know, it's it's a, it's an industry that I love and I I, I don't see myself doing um, anything that's not relating to, to hospitality in general. It's such a beautiful industry to be part of. And as far as Ananas goes, you know, it you know what what kept me in the industry all these years has been this ongoing learning journey you know i love the fact that there's so much to learn whether it's about products or service or the history of the industry um and i think that 
the more you know, the, the better a job you can do. And I've done a lot of education over the years as well. So Ananas was like a, like a natural extension for us, uh, mm. for me and for my business partner in Speakeasy Group to, um, to kick off um, as a way of, I suppose, staying in, in hospitality, but doing something other than ma- making drinks, if you like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which I'm sure is fun and exciting in itself. Um, yeah, how, how would you explain Ananas to someone? Obviously, I gave a little bit of a understanding there, but like, how would you, how would you really explain it to someone who hasn't heard of it for the first time? And what do you see as the benefits are for the industry to, to use a product like Ananas? I mean, there's two, there's two key users for the, for the platform, if you like. One is the business and one is the, is the individual kind of staff member or, or hospitality worker. And for businesses, it really is a, it's a, it's a management tool. Um, it's a place where you can provide your staff with, with world-class training um, where they can learn from some of the best professionals around the world on all kinds of topics from, you know, front of house service to, to cocktails to, to beer, uh, wine, etc. Um, and also a place for you to host your, you know, how you want things done, your internal procedures and processes and stuff. So I think from a, from a business perspective, it allows you to run your business um, tighter. It allows you to see, have a more transparency of, you know, which one of your staff members are, you know, know what. Um, you can link uh, performance and venue to the training. You can see how, you know, it's champagne sales down because our staff aren't trained, et cetera. So it provides you with mm. a level of detail that, the industry simply has never had before, uh, mm. before these came out. So I think online training has, has a huge space in hospitality, especially with how, I suppose, our industry is a lot of casuals work in it, right? So, so people come and go, they may have a daytime job, they may only work in the venue two days a week. So getting them together and training them is very hard. There's always people who are either at uni or doing another job or, or just have other interests and aren't going to turn up to it. Um, yes. But uh, by having this online and available for them uh, means that they can train at their own convenience uh, and they do test to kind of prove that they have the knowledge to, to go into the venue and do the work that's required for them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, from an individual perspective, really, it's a, it's a place to learn. You know, the, when I was learning the craft, if you like, of the hospitality, you know, you, internet wasn't really a big thing when I kicked <laughs> off. Um, so you have to buy lots of books. And in one book, it says X and another book, it says Y. And you start wondering what, which one's correct. And then the internet came and, and uh, we did a ton of misinformation. Um, and a lot of the training that was done was really done. You know, somebody who's not a great trainer learned from someone else who was not a great trainer. And they're passing on wrong information, inefficient methods. Yeah. Um, and this is a, you know, just a good place to go and learn, I suppose, the theory uh, and then help should then help you with the practical once you're in once you're in the venue. Yeah, for sure. I'm a big advocate for for training, and I love what you just said there around. I call that um, faded photocopy training. So basically, yes. you basically put a you continue to put the same piece of paper on a photocopy, and it continues to fade. That's sort of how training goes when someone's not passionate in the way they train. Um, I imagine that you um, would have tested. Uh, Ananas on you know your team at Speakeasy Group in the in the early stages and and stuff like that. I imagine like what insights came out of that when you started to use the platform with you know your team. I mean, we before we even started with with Ananas, I ran a program for the Agile called the Alchemy Alchemy Training Program. We trained about fifteen thousand hospitality staff a year. Wow! Um, and we did this for nine years. It was the largest hospitality training initiative that we know of in the world at the time and 
we saw for like fundamental change in the industry, how things were done as a result because it was done on such such scale. Um, and what we learned from it was, you know, when, when, when team members are trained, they, I mean, they can do the same job faster. So you save a fair bit on, on, on wages. Um, culture improves because people are working together as a, as a team. And retention is higher because people are staying in the business that where they, where they are learning. When we put it into our venue, what was, what was um, really striking for us was the transparency, the, the access to data. You could, you could go onto someone's training profile, they work in a cocktail bar, say, but they're doing tons of, they're doing the beer training first, the, the first the, the kind of fundamentals, then the professional training. And, and meanwhile, they're working in a cocktail bar. So we could then approach them and say, hey, I, I see you're really passionate about beer. Why don't you move to Boilermaker House, where we do tons of beer sales, rather than say Eau de Vie, where we sell less than 1.5% uh, in beer. There's no beer sold pretty much at all. And so that allows us then that being able to see where people's strengths lie, allowed us to put aces in their places rather than, I suppose, waiting for them to come to us and say, you know, my real passion is this, because that doesn't necessarily happen um, that, that easily. And one of the really you know, super interesting thing for, for me when we first kind of trialed this, it was quite frustrating in the beginning, the tech needed a lot of work, so it was hard for some of the stuff. But, you know, we hired a training manager uh, for the business from that platform by seeing someone really excelling at all the training. And, and when I approached this, this, this girl and said, hey, well, you know, who the hell are you? And where did you come from? Like, why are you smashing everything on this, on this platform? Yeah. Um, I mean, she told me that she she moved to Australia and was was training manager overseas and 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 you know ha, had done that before, but didn't have the network here necessarily to to just kick off in that position. So we were then able to then promote her into that into that role using yeah. Anonymous as a way of identifying that skill. It would have been very hard for us to pick up on that w- without the data. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the thing I do love about uh, online training, and I'm, I'm definitely an advocate for both online training and in-person training. Obviously, but the That's thing it. I do like about it is you can see, as a as a, a venue owner or a training manager or whatnot, where someone's at in their learning journey. How do you make sure at the start of someone's journey with you know your brands? We'll talk about we'll talk about Speak Easy Group because you're close to that, obviously. That they're not sort of overwhelmed at the start and they don't get sort of too excited can they do you sort of advise people to sort of pace out the online training so they really absorb the information they're actually getting yeah 100 percent. i mean the i mean our recommendation would be that you know anything that you have on your your on your induction day if you've got one or two days of induction that you have the materials available online so it's a mix of online and, and face-to-face but you put tests mm-hmm. to to all of it so there's a chance for them to go online and and do the test and then the way our Training works as you set deadlines. You might go, this is important for week one, and this is important for week by week three, and we'd like to have done this by eight weeks in, and you schedule it out. And then the, the individual is then reminded with emails and text messages about what training is upcoming and, and when it's due, and they get notification when things are overdue. Um, loading them up with too much straight away obviously isn't great, mostly for retention. Mm. Um, but another way we're also doing it is that the tests are always entire courses so a lot of online learning and I, I disagree with this in terms of a mechanic a lot of online learning will go here's the page and here's a video and here's two questions yep. that just tests your short-term memory I mean that's not test that you know anything I could probably pass like a mechanics exam if that's how we're do- doing it you know and I, <laughs> very I true. Really change your life up. so you know it's important that it's testing the, the full content um, and then if you fail 
the test or you don't get as good a score as you want. Our courses, you can't redo straight away. You have to wait 24 hours. And and internal training courses, we encourage venue managers and owners to also set a a, a limit for how long they got to wait before they retake it. Because if you can take it over and over and over and over again, you start Mm -hmm. to game the test. And it's not really retention that's being tested. Um, It's Again, it becomes your short-term memory. Wow, that's really... That's really impressive because not a lot of LMSs do that, right? Like how did you get to the point where you're thinking about that kind of stuff? Is that something you built in at the start from feedback from the team you're building it with or is that just learn knowledge from using it with your team? I've teams? done a lot of education. So I've done, you know, I, I, I used to teach at university for, for while I was studying there. I used to be a, a Navy officer and the number one thing you learn in the Navy is, 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 is interesting is pedagogy, so how to teach mm. and how to, for knowledge to retain. The, I suppose the difference is a lot of LMSs are just there to say that yes, you have done it. You know, um, it, it's it's not they're not really being judged on retention; they're being often judged on on pass rates. And so, hey, you know, that's not really what we want to do. We want this software to be something that adds value to the business. So when you look at the data, you can be confident that you know Belinda has done the training; she's passed the training; she knows the content. Now mm. she was able to remember something that was quickly covered in front of her and maybe forgotten the next day so yeah yeah no i love it being old (laughs) (laughs) experience is always a good thing right let's talk a bit more about speakeasy group because i think it really um, dovetails really nicely into how you're building ananas and and how respected both groups are the speakeasy group as i said in the intro like incorporate seven venues across melbourne and sydney um what i saw on the website and what i understand is you've got this really exciting initiative called pathway to partnership Yes. Can you explain how that came about and how you structure that? Because I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot from, from you know, how you answered this question. The, I mean, part of the partnership was, is a, is a, was an idea that we've always had. I, I, it took us a while to find a right way to execute it. You know, you work in someone's business and you build, and you build their business and, 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 and some, some people want to be able to have their own. Uh, I was very fortunate to find a path to go from, you know, bartender to bar bar owner, and it included a decade worth of consultancy in the middle to find the to find the finance to do it. And a lot of great hospitality uh, staff that do open their own venues end up do end up failing as well. And and quite often it's not because they don't have a great product or a great service or a great venue, or quite often it's because they don't know how to do the back end. Mm. Um, and so the idea with Pathway to Partnership was we wanted a way to, to, to bring our staff, our team members from, from employees into, into employers and, and, and let them become owners and entrepreneurs in their own right. Um, and we tried a few different things before in terms of, you know, here's 5% of a venue or 10% of a venue and, yep. and, and done that kind of stuff. And it hasn't really worked that well because their ownership is so small that right. a decent pay rise could potentially negate the, the money they take home from it, right? So mm-hmm. if you own 5% of a venue, that venue makes 200 grand a year um, in profit, but you're only paying at half because you might want to keep some money in the business. You're looking at a $5,000 dividend payment and you can mm-hmm. make that on a pay rise. So, so the thought there was more, it needs to be 50-50. Wow. Um, and so the way the path of the partnership works is that we run a 10 to 12 month program internally, which we led by Greg and myself, where we then, you know, teach them about, you know, managing finances, leadership, marketing, PR, building a brand, all the different things that goes into running a business. Um, and we try to teach them as, as well as we can from what we know. Yep. Um, 
and there's a lot of homework along the way. And at the end of it, these people then put forward a uh, proposal for a venue. It's not quite, it's not quite Australian Idol. It's it's not meant to be like, yeah, one winner, you know, and <laughs> celebrate. It's not, it's not that. But, but uh, we can't afford to open, you know, eight or ten of these things every year. So the idea is that we we run eight or ten through it. Some people fall off along the way when they realize that this actually is not what they want to do. Um, we're pretty upfront and open about some of the the struggles and the and the responsibility that comes with being, uh, you know owning a venue and being being in charge of all these people and and having to to make sure they can put food on the table mm. um but then we, we choose a winner if you like and and we then invest 90 percent of the money it takes to open a venue wow from the speakeasy group they have to find 10 there's got to be some skin in the game and then it's but it's a 50 50 partnership so once the venue is open we then pay off you know the investments from both parties you then consider the loan and then we move forward on, on 50-50 equity and, and can hopefully then continue to open more venues with them in a, in a partnership. So we've wow. only done the one so far, which is Pearl Diver in Melbourne. Yep. Um, and we have a second one now we're scouting. So the winner for last year was chosen, if you like. We're scouting for location for, for him in Sydney. Right. Um, and we're starting off the, the next year's program, I think, in, in April. Wow. Do you... Um... That's an amazing incentive because um, I've been part of other ones as well. And you're right, I've had 5% of one business and stuff like that. And I felt really proud to have that. But you, you're missing out on 95%, right? Yeah. And you put in 100% of the work. So it's quite it's quite interesting. So I really herald you for doing that. I was going to ask, does someone have to be in Speakey's group for a certain period of time before they're allowed to go and audition to try and get a venue? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, we normally take in... 50 plus percent from the the current current staff in the venue okay um, but it is open for new employees but they have to come and work in the business for the 12 months right um, and the main reason for that is going into partnership with someone you need to know that person um we need these people to to work for us and figure out if this is a company they want to work with they may read good things or hear good things and and think we sound nice on paper um but that's not the same as working with us, right? Sure. So that gives us really 12 months, 10 to 12 months worth of time together where we can figure out, is this someone we want to go into partnership with? And, and they can figure out the same. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, Pez and Booney that, that came in on the Pearl Diver together, I think, I think, I think Booney was already with us, but Pez joined us to do Pathway to Partnership. Yeah, wow. Um, they have that venue together, which is a lovely little... Venue, I'm celebrating Valentine's Day at next week. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I, was, I was also super interested, and if you don't want to answer this, I totally respect it, um, to bring people, a couple of people through that journey and then potentially only have one that is the quote-unquote winner. How do you manage those people who, who don't win but you want to obviously keep within the brand and take to that next stage? Is that is that a tough thing to manage? Oh, it's pretty sad when you when you tell people it's it's not them. I think the in some cases it, it becomes clear along the way mm. to everyone in the in that kind of group. Uh, it might become clear like who's most likely to 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 walk away with it because sure. Uh, I think the sense when if we did it first time that Peasant Bruni kind of was really really strong team and and, and I think everybody else felt like it's going to be hard to to beat them. But, you know, several people stay in the business for a long time afterwards. Um, it's still a really valuable 
um, learning um, to do. You know, you, you get, we think anyway, like I wish I had, mm, I agree. I wish I had known this stuff before we started. And, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely is tough. But also, you know, it's not necessarily the end of it. If the if the money is there and the market is there, we might do two or three from that same group. If if it's opportunity, one of the one of the guys that came to the first first year, we were looking for venues, you know, well into like several months after we we had decided on Pearl that we to potentially do a second one. Mm. Uh, we just didn't find the location. So it's not a that's what I mean. It's 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 not necessarily one winner takes all. It will depend on the year, uh, the market, the, how the business is going. If we do yeah. more or not, because you can really turn into that. Uh, you can really turn into an empowering moment for those people who didn't get picked, right? Like you can see where the skills gaps are uh, with that talent that you've still got, and then work with them to get to the next stage of owning their own venue, or if they're going to leave Speakeasy Group, then at least having the tools to to go and succeed somewhere else, right? You can actually turn into a really empowering moment. That's what I, that's what I love about that process. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we think it's great. I mean, even 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 if it's you know, having done it. That might be a, you might be able to put that to the back of and put this idea of owning a venue off your to-do list. Maybe go, you know what, that's not mm. going to be for me based on what I learned. Or you might go, this is something I really want to pursue. Now I have the the knowledge to do so and um, and then go on and start working. That. Or if you just continue as a manager in the business, you've learned a lot more about how to be a great manager and leader. We hope, like we're not, we uh, we are fully aware of the fact that, you know, there's probably people out there who can do this job way better than we are, right? So it's just, you know, to the best of our abilities and knowledge that we do the course and then and hopefully people learn learn from it. Um, I'm sure there are many out there who would who would not learn much, but but hopefully uh, there's some words of wisdom in there. Yeah, no, I'm sure everyone's learning a lot, mate. I think it's a great, a great initiative. Um I'd really love your opinion on um, batch cocktails as well, because obviously Ananas is about is about cocktail making, you know, essentially, and obviously everything to do around bar service. Do you think in the coming the coming years there'll probably be less um, content that's on Ananas in regards to or different content as batch cocktails sort of become a bit more prominent? Because it is a bit, you know, obviously it's still a challenge to get people behind a bar and people in hospitality. What do you mean, batch cocktails in venues or batch cocktails at home? No, in venues. In yeah. venues, well. Yeah. I mean, Ananas covers everything, wine and beer and whatnot, and cocktails, yep. of course, are part of it. I mean, we started batching cocktails at Odevi when we first opened in Sydney in 2010, and I mm. got a lot of resistance Pushback. from the bar team originally, yep. a lot of resistance. Mm. But if you look at the amount of cocktails that we serve in, in Odevi in, say, in Melbourne, if we were making every drink from scratch, the revenue would not, not be chance of getting closer to higher than 70, 60, 70% of what it currently is. Wait times would be ridiculous. Um, and I'd say you'd also have inconsistency with the the level of detail that goes into cocktails today in terms of the the prep uh, and homemade ingredients. If you're not batching your drinks, then I, then I think you're really really losing out on massive amounts of revenue. Um, yeah. It'd be like running to the to the cool room every time somebody orders beer, rather than having the fridge behind you. It's <laughs> a great analogy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's. I think I think you, you really should be batching them in terms of serving them as a bottled cocktail. You know, I don't think that's necessarily the the right play for a lot of venues because you're taking an experiment experience element out of that drink, mm-hmm. um, which is you know a big part of what people come to venues for. But as a practice, I think imagine a chef not doing mise en place. Like you know, what the hell? How the, the kitchen could not operate. 
Um, we consider batching cocktails the same. Yeah, for sure. My last question to you, Matt, is like, what's the plans for the future for Anana? So obviously you've got this great platform. It's um, really great content. Um, I love the play into a certain part of the hospitality industry to start. Like, what's your plans for the future? Oh, for Ananas, I mean, really, we want to, I mean, the, the goal that we have there is to, is to become a benchmark for hospitality training. I mean, that's the, that's the, an ambitious goal, but, and, and, and who knows if we'll reach it, but whether it's also someone else, I think it's something the industry needs. We need, I think to, you know, some level of certification to go, yeah, yeah, I have this certificate, certificate, I mean, I can do these things. Maybe that includes a certain amount of pay. I've got this qualification. Maybe that's a different level of pay. Makes it easier for employers to hire makes mm. it easier for staff to find jobs, makes it easier for people starting out in the industry to, to get the right amount of, um, of the right training and the right knowledge for the jobs that they, they have mm. and they want, and also allows them to see what, what the gaps are in their, in their knowledge and, 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 and uh, in their skills. So I think for us, you know, whether it's an Anas or someone else, there really needs to be a benchmark. And um, considering how big an employer the hospitality industry is, I think before COVID there was, I was told by a restaurant in Kenya there was 840,000 people working in this industry in Australia alone, and um, and for for that to go ahead without any kind of level of qualification or or, or, or basis is it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's our that's our goal. We'll keep creating content and and uh, and keep talking to great businesses and and uh, hopefully we'll be able to you know be of assistance and service to the industry. I love it. Well done on everything you're doing for the industry. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. You're doing it the right way and um, that's great to see, mate. Well, thanks, Phil. What's the best way that people can find out more about Ananas and, uh, and get in contact? Uh, to find out more about Ananas, go to ananasacademy.com uh, or find us on, on Facebook. You can reach out directly via, via the, the website or, or Facebook or Instagram. That's probably the, the easiest way to, to get in touch with us. And uh, yeah, you can find my personal details on there as well if people want to get in touch with get in touch with me happy days as always linked up in the show notes of this podcast thank you Sven I really appreciate your time thanks Sean thanks for having me I really really had a, had a great time thank you <laughs> thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality I hope you really enjoyed that one especially as we start the year off right with people doing the right things by the industry please comment like and share this podcast with your friends in the industry we're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sharing along, even if it's just one person you know. And if you don't know us at Poe, Sash, my co-founder, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. It's called Principal Design. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding, and graphic design, you can find them at principaldesign.com.au and myself at Open Petri Consulting for anything to do around hospitality advisory in 2023. Thanks so much for tuning in and until next time, stay well, everyone. Have you ever considered what makes a brand successful? How one brand supersedes another in the hospitality landscape? Well, it's never a coincidence. It's always a product of well thought out branding strategy that captures the essence of your story. That's why Principal Design is making brands happen in cafes, restaurants, bars and venues by crafting experiences that gives customers a reason to choose you. They are raising the standard of our industry and helping venues realise 
that strong brand presence is the key that unlocks all the good stuff like increased foot traffic, higher engagement, and overall happy customers. Branding ultimately becomes the face that engages your audience, delights them at every moment of their dining experience, and eventually earns their loyalty. Because you're part of the Poe community, we'd love to help you kickstart your brand journey. For a limited time only, Principal Design is offering free strategy sessions for our listeners. So jump over to the bio in the podcast description and book your time slot.